HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program has been brought to you by the International Culinary Center, offering courses that range from classic French techniques in culinary, pastry, and bread baking to Italian studies to management, from culinary technology to food writing, from cake making to wine tasting. For more information, visit internationalculinarycenter.com. Hi, this is Joe Campanelli, the host of In the Drink. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Welcome to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer. We're coming to you live from Roberta's Restaurant in Bushwick, Brooklyn. It is Wednesday, May 21st, and this is the 20th episode of this series, which is dedicated to behind-the-scenes talents in the hospitality industry. Today, we're going to be talking fried chicken with the fabulous co-authors of Fried and True Cookbook. But first, as I do on every show, I will start with my PR tip, and then later we will have... My speed round questions, industry news discussion, solo dining experience, and the final question. Okay, as the founder of Bayer Public Relations, I will tip off the show with my PR tip of the week. Okay, today's tip is to build long-term relationships. You see, relationships are the basis of PR, and pretty much everything. And they often take time and effort. But the key is to never stop working on your relationships, as they can always get better. Be respectful, be helpful, be patient. And most importantly, be real. And you will not only gain results, but you will develop meaningful relationships that, that last. Trust me, it works. So that's my tip today. Build relationships for the long run. All right, are you ready to talk fried chicken? <laughs> I sure am. So today my guests, I have in the studio Lee Brian Schrager and Adina Sussman. And they've taken fried chicken to a higher level with their new cookbook, Fried and True. 50 Recipes for America's Best Fried Chicken and Sides. Lee is the Vice President of Corporate Communications and National Events for Southern Wine and Spirits of America. He is widely recognized for his creation of the Food Network, South Beach, and New York City Wine and Food Festivals. A graduate of the Culinary Institute of America, Lee has appeared on Today and Rachel Ray and serves on the Board of Directors for the Food Bank of New York City and on the Board of Trustees for Perez 
Art Museum in Miami. He lives in Miami and New York City. Adina is a food writer and recipe developer who has published has been published in Food and Wine, Gourmet, Martha Stewart Living, Cooking Light, Health, Self, Every Day with Rachel Ray, <laughs> and, and on Epicurious, and I bet there's more. So, wow. Thanks for coming out here. Impressive bios. How could we miss the opportunity to eat Roberta's pizza? It's great to be here. Yes, the studio smells awesome. Yes. <laughs> I, thought, I thought that was your perfume. Ah, yeah, that pizza perfume. Oh, the margarita. We really, exactly. we need the, well, the fried chicken perfume really is what we're talking about, <coughs> oh, right? That's a fried chicken candle we brought for you. <laughs> yes. So let's, let's start out. So what inspired this fried chicken book, Fried and True? And why, and why now, too? Well, two questions. I, I think the first part to what inspired is my love of fried chicken. I often tweet about it and Facebook about my love of fried chicken. And about a year and a half ago at the Food Network South Beach Wine and Food Festival, I was, we were doing an event with Trisha Yearwood. We do a, a yearly brunch with her. And at that brunch, we had two great chefs and friends making fried chicken, Elizabeth Carmel and Art Smith. And I was, of course, at a plate full of fried chicken, and Trisha Yearwood came over to me. We were yakking, and we were talking about our love of fried chicken. And Pam Krause, who is not only my publisher at Clarkson Potter, but was Trisha Yearwood's publisher, um, kind of listened to our conversation and jokingly said, you know, Lee, you should really do a book on fried chicken. And I said, oh, I'm never doing another book again. <clears throat> and we kind of laughed it off. And a few weeks later, she followed up with me again and said, you should really do a book on fried chicken. And that's how it happened, and I uh, was fortunate enough to be reconnected with Adina Sussman, who is like the goddess of all things cookbook-wise, and we kind of started out in this uh, journey to find um, 50 of America's greatest fried chicken recipes, and we were not able to do that, but we were able to find hundreds of America's <laughs> fried chicken recipes, so there could be a fried and true two and three volumes, because um, right. you know fried chicken today is like the burger, like taco like pizza it's iconic great comfort food and everyone loves it and i think you know with adina and evan sung our photographer we were able to not only capture america's love of fried chicken but kind of demystify it into making it simple for that home cook yeah i think also telling great stories americans are really interested now in where their food came from and foodways and traditions and we really tried to make this more than just a cookbook there are a lot of great stories we took some trips met wonderful cooks and chefs and home cooks from all different walks of life and <clears throat> we're really able to bring not only their recipes but their heritage and their stories to the fore in this book and that's i think what made it such a great project for us it was just incredibly fun and enriching and that inspiring and fattening. fattening. <laughs> yes. I'm still finding breading in all kinds of interesting places. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's great. Well, the book is gorgeous. And, Thank you. And there's so, much, there's so much beyond just recipes in it with the tips you have in the front. And... <laughs> I don't know. I, I just can't get the vision of Adina Fahim. <laughs> I'm buying my ears. <laughs> Sorry. It's all good. It's all good. Um, well, well, let's talk about it. So what, how you selected these, these sure. restaurants and the chefs that went in the book. And I know you took tri a trip down. It was like a road trip yeah. to New Orleans, Nashville, and yeah. 
Like a mini Thelma and Louise trip. <laughs> and Atlanta. And okay. Atlanta, exactly. Got it. But, yeah, but I think even before that, this book really um, was informed by Lee's background and insider connections to the restaurant world. You know, right. I think another thing Lee doesn't even realize, but he sees trends before they come to the forefront through doing the festivals and just eating out 300 days a year. And, and I, you know, I know that fried chicken is something that was bubbling up on the restaurant scene as well. Yeah, absolutely. So that is another important part of how this book came to be. And then sort of dialing back and understanding the roots of the dish in our American culture and where we could find the best variations in all of its permutations. And of course, it was not only American. I mean, although the bulk of recipes are American-based uh, mm-hmm. restaurants, uh, you know, but we found some great chefs from outside of uh, America, like uh, y- uh, Yotam Adelenge from uh, London, who has the restaurants in London, the Israeli chef. We have his schnitzel recipe in the cookbook. Um, we have a Senegalese recipe from a an immigrant caterer chef based in New York, which has a delicious peanut crust, and he tells stories about the Hausa tribes, nomadic tribes of Senegal, and how the dish started there, so just really found recipes everywhere. Yeah, you know, there's a huge variety in the book. Yeah. I noticed that mm-hmm. and and different and then you have also have all the sides that go with the different sure. the different recipes. Um so wh- how so so let's get with selecting the, yeah. the restaurants and working with and then also working with chef recipes. I mean, was yeah. that a challenge to put into book form for consumers? You know, I think I can speak for both of us. We've both cooked all the recipes out of the book at this point. And I'd say, you know, all the recipes came from good sources. But like a lot of restaurant recipes, some of them had to be adapted for the home cook, simplified a little bit. But the nice thing about fried chicken is at its essence, it's a simple elemental dish. So, you know, only one recipe in the book started out having a sous vide technique in it. Obviously, that didn't end up in the book. But, you know, I would Come on, everyone has a sous vide machine (laughs) at home. Sure. But um, it wasn't a challenge. I think the challenge or what we were worried about at the beginning was were we going to be able to find a depth and breadth of variety in the recipes? And that was a fear that was allayed very quickly when we started talking to chefs and just, you know putting out the crowdsourcing people's favorite places and understanding, you know, that there were all kinds of amazing strains of fried chicken everywhere. And we were, you know, I think another thing that we were concerned about is how we were going to photograph this to make it look like more than just, you know, Mm -hmm. golden brown, delicious fried chicken. And Evan Sung, you know, again, our photographer did just such an extraordinary job of, I don't think anything looks, I don't think there are any two recipes that no. look similar there in that book. We no, did they a, don't. The beauty he, shops were amazing. fantastic. He, he really he brought amazing. the book to life. He really made it pop and made it exciting and really took away any of our concerns. After, you know, day one on the road, we knew that we had chosen, you know, I certainly knew that between Adina and Evan that we had the best possible um, uh, group of professionals working on the book. And one of the interesting, fun things was that new places just kept popping up. You know, we, we, when we got to New Orleans, even while we were there, people would say, oh, you need to check out this place. And we would, you know, make a beeline for a new place. Right. And sometimes being in a city, you know, Inspires. we took some official trips, but I also travel a lot for other work. Although, yes, Lee, I only work for you. <laughs> um, and, you know, like when I was in Seattle, I heard about this incredible place called Maono Chicken and Whiskey, Fried Chicken and Whiskey. So I just went there for dinner with friends and ended up really loving the chefs and really finding that their recipe was so interesting. It contained soy sauce powder and um, 
dried shiitake mushrooms and kombu and bonito flakes because it was inspired by his Asian and Hawaiian heritage. So that's just a great example of wherever right. I was, people would say, oh, you need to check out this fried chicken. Right. And I think for me, you know, it's funny. I, I say that if you look at the list that we started with that Adina had really assembled and look where we ended up, a lot of it was so different. Every time we went to a, a, a new venue, every time we went to a new restaurant, we heard about another restaurant. You know, we'd be mm-hmm. here and the chef would tell you a story about how he learned to make fried chicken down the street. Or a waitress would be bringing out the beautiful platters of chicken from the chef and tell us about a great restaurant down the street that she had worked in. And social media played a big part in the book as well. <clears throat> Even after we thought we had done come up with the recipes and we had really gathered, you know, as many great recipes. I remember visiting my parents in Asheville, North Carolina last summer when we had really kind of had all the restaurants put aside for the book and social media. Somebody told me that we had to check out this restaurant, Seven Sows in North Carolina. And I took my parents there for dinner and they had lived in Asheville for years and never heard about the restaurant. And we went there and had the most extraordinary fried chicken. And it's really one of my favorite recipes in the book. And they're the, some of the nicest people. So social media, Facebook, Twitter played a big part for us in hearing about places. Oh, that's great. Yeah, and I was I know you went down to Nashville and I was in Nashville oh, yeah. last October for a little restaurant trip. Mm-hmm. Well, it was a restaurant trip for me. I had a mother-daughter weekend down there and um, my mom my mom was was great to go along with me to all mm-hmm. the places I wanted to try, but we went to Hattie B's. Oh, yes. And um, I know that's in the book. Yeah, we were there. It was really fun meeting them. And, you know, they're they're very respectful of the hot chicken traditions of Nashville, but putting their own spin on it. And they were really nervous about I would say of all the cooks in the book, they were in touch throughout the process of writing the book to make sure that we represented their recipe properly and also they really they gave away which is what is essentially a secret recipe recipe. for our book and we didn't tell anyone (laughs) except (laughs) if you buy the book yeah buy the book so places like princes and boltons Mm -hmm. which are sort of the the orange the originators of the hot chicken tradition they of course wouldn't give up their recipes we have great stories about those kind of places but it was really nice to have as sort of the culmination of our trip a, an actual recipe from a wonderful hot chicken place in, in Nashville. Yeah. No, it was... It that was, is Evan Sung's favorite recipe, by the way. The oh, book. is it? He loves hot food. We all kind of have a favorite. It was wonderful. Yeah. What, you know, Dean, everyone always asks me, what's my favorite? What is your favorite? Um, My two favorites... I have so many, and every time I look at the book, I, I say, oh, yeah, that one is incredible. Your There's favorite... So Sorry, your favorite today. I really like, <laughs> love Dale Talday's Kung Pao chicken wings. We just made them for an event yesterday. It's really an exceptional, exceptional recipe. It has so many interesting elements. The sauce is full of super savory Asian condiments that you can put together and make this incredible sauce. It's it's dredged in a rice flour batter for an extra crispy crust, and then it's topped with chopped peanuts, cilantro, and scallions. It's really exceptional. I'm getting hungry. They are so good. <laughs> and also, of course, our friend Asha Gomez in Atlanta, her chicken, and she's become a good friend. And just... that, w- that was at your party, right? Yes, it was. And so was she. Yes, I, I had that chicken. It was um, it was delicious. It was it really is delicious. wonderful. It is delicious. I remember when we were... We went to Asha Gomez. It's like she has an event um, venue that we went to, and we were meeting her for the first time. And we walked in, and she was so beautiful and so lovely. And then she starts frying up this chicken that's emerald green. And we're like kind of looking at it, wondering what it was going to taste like. And it smelled incredible. Oh my God, it was incredible. It's still really one of my favorite recipes in Fried and True. But yeah, Asha Gomez's. And there are so many wonderful southern 
recipes, Michelle Bernstein, Tyler Florence, Art Smith, Arnold's Country Kitchen Paula in Dean. Nashville, Paula Dean. It's like a real sort of who's who, plus mm-hmm. bunches of holes in the wall places that we found along the way as well. Um, some of them, just a lot of them reflect really interesting techniques. You know, there's so many different ways you can make fried chicken and just doing one thing differently, the way you season the chicken. For instance, Giacomo's in New Orleans. It's considered a tourist place and a lot of serious foodies might overlook it because it's they they would think of it as a bit of a one-trick pony because it's decorated in this crazy way and Giacomo is known for being a little bit quirky but really his chicken is part of the it's it carries on one of New Orleans's most important fried chicken traditions there's if there was a famous cook named Austin Leslie who cooked in all of the fried chicken strongholds in New Orleans and his recipe contained evaporated milk and he eventually worked with Giacomo before Giacomo, before Austin died, and he gave Giacomo the recipe. And now Giacomo's fried chicken recipe, which is amazing, contains evaporated milk in the batter and eggs, um, which are another New Orleans tradition. And then he tops it with fresh chopped garlic and pickles and parsley. And, you know, so right. re- really every recipe reflects a story or a tradition of a particular city. So there's so many differences. Which is why we always say it's... <laughs> Fried and True is so much more than a cookbook. I mean, it's, I, I think it's the ultimate host, hostess gift because it's great photography. So even if you really don't love to cook, you know, who doesn't love to look at great food porn? And I think that's what Fried and True has, some really fantastic, beautiful photography, great stories, great sidebar. And if you really read it, it really tells a story. And it's, it's so much more than a cookbook. It's a storybook. Yes, it is. Absolutely. I I. I, I I have been reading it, and I'm going to continue reading through, and I want to make all the recipes, mm-hmm. too. Okay, we're going to take a quick break here. We're going to come back, so stay with us. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. Center is a proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network.org. The ICC, with locations in New York and California, provide cutting edge education to future chefs, restaurateurs, and wine professionals. We're proud to claim Dan Barber, Bobby Flay, and David Chang among our honored alumni. This is Dorothy Can Hamilton from Chef Story. Check out our ICC website at internationalculinarycenter.com. Hi, welcome back to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer. My guests today are Lee Ryan Schrager and Adina Sussman, the co-authors of Fried and True Cookbook. We are talking fried chicken. So, Adina and Lee, I wanted to see about... So, people can get intimidated by cooking fried chicken. It's, you know, everyone, I think, loves fried chicken, but they might be intimidated to make it at home. But I see in the book you have these 101 tips, Mm -hmm. and they're they're so useful, but how did you, I mean, I think that's, that was such a smart thing to do, not just 
put in recipes. Well, you know, Lee's one of Lee's first cooking jobs was frying chicken out of culinary school. Is that true? Well, I think you're being gracious by calling it. <laughs> what I, I was a, uh, a fast food uh, cook fried at a cook. At, fried cook at Broward General Medical Center. I did the graveyard shift. So not only did I cook the food, but I also was like the cashier and oftentimes the waiter as well. <laughs> and my first experience in frying chicken was really taking those packages from Tyson Chicken opening up, cutting the bag, and deep frying it. Mm-hmm. So that was my example. You know, I had really never yeah. made fried chicken um, so, yes. before the book. Uh, so, so that's the easiest permutation. It's as simple as that. Frozen breaded. But right. most people, they think, oh, it's going to be messy. It's going to be, I'm, I could burn myself. It's going to be hot. And, you know, like, like a lot of other cooking, it's really about being organized and being well set up before you start. So, you mise know, en place. Mise en place, but you know, for people who don't want to be too chefy, it's just about having all your ducks in a row. You <laughs> there, know? there can't be anything simpler to making fried chicken. It I mean, can it, be I, as simple as... It really is. It can be as simple as getting a, a chicken that's cut up, dredging it, uh, dipping it in egg, an egg wash, dredging it in flour, and frying it. I mean, that's how simple it can be. It never gets complicated. As I say, if you can read... And you could follow a recipe, not even following a recipe. If you can read, you can, you can fry chicken. It's simple. And I think for me, what I've learned most about doing this and working with Adina and watching her in all this preparation and testing everything multiple times is the key is organization, having everything there mm-hmm. and ready and just being, you know, having, you know, having it laid out in the simplest of terms and having the right equipment. And it, there, it's minimal equipment needing, the simplest of equipment. I mean, whether it's a cast iron skillet or an old, you know, pot to fry in, that's really what you need in a spider, you know, to... And a rack um, to, drain a, a to drain it. You know, but you can, you know, improvise and everything. Yeah. You know, as long as you have a pot, you can make fried chicken. I think what we wanted to do with all of the tips as far as the equipment and the um, techniques is to... to make people feel like they had some latitude you know this is not an exact science you know if you have self-rising flour instead of regular flour in the house i say go for it you know it might come out a little different but you know self-rising flour is basically flour with baking powder in it and some of our recipes have flour with baking powder in it you know some of the some of them are dipped in eggs some of them are dipped in buttermilk i mean you know we've all had those nights where we came home and maybe you have a frozen chicken that you took out of the freezer in the morning to defrost mm-hmm. you don't know what you're going to do with it everyone has eggs around the house and milk right. or a can of evaporated milk or flour know. yeah you know or rice flour right. or or cornmeal or graham cracker crumbs like michael romano's recipe you know there are just so many different varieties so we wanted if you give people the basics and explain to them that you know keeping the frying oil hot and not crowding the pan and, you know, making sure to, if you have a candy thermometer to use it to keep the oil temperature up, then, you, you know, you can really mm-hmm. get this done without too much pain. Did the chefs that you, that helped you on these recipes or the, their mm-hmm. recipes in the book, did they give you tips? Everyone almost. Some of them yeah. did. I mean, a lot, you know, like a lot of cooks, they, they assume that there's nothing special about what they do. <laughs> right. So and- Charles Gabriel, for instance, up in Harlem, who has really become a favorite of ours and a friend through the book, you know, he always says, oh, you know, just, you know, just, just dip some egg and milk and bread it and fry it. But, you know, there's so many. When I got, I got the privilege of spending time with him at the restaurant, and he cooked for us at our, for our party as well, he, he, first of all, he seasons the chicken and salt and pepper for 24 hours. So that adds a layer of flavor, sort of similar to Melissa Clark's dry brining technique of a turkey for Thanksgiving. So first, there's a lot of salt on the chicken. Then 
most people, you know, they they leave the chicken in a cast iron skillet and just let it sit there. He's constantly turning the chicken. I call him the human rotisserie. The chicken never sits in the pan, and so the, he feels that the juices circulate and rotate throughout the meat as opposed to sort of settling. So these are the kind of things that if someone just gives you a recipe, you might not necessarily pick them up, but by spending time with these people and observing them and also making and testing all the recipes, you right. really see that there are a lot of you know, mm-hmm. old wives' tales or true techniques involved, and they all come together in a nice way. You know, on day one last year of our Thelma and Louise fried chicken road trip, one of the first stops in New Orleans was a restaurant called Kermit's. Is that the official name? It was Kermit's Treme Speakeasy. It's, cur- it's currently closed, but Kermit Ruffin, as many of your listeners probably know, was a regular on Treme. I show. like the name. And he, he's great. And <laughs> he's wonderful. I remember. Our friend Michelle Mignard, from, a very close friend of Lee's who lives in New Orleans, introduced us to Kermit. And he was one of the first stops. I remember getting there, and it was kind of an area, the Treme area, which was at, at best questionable whether you'd ever go alone by yourself at nighttime. Of course, Adina did the same night. But we went there in the daytime. To uh, He was one of the first stops. And we get them, we ask for Kermit, and they kind of point to the corner and say, oh, he's getting a massage. <laughs> and there was Kermit, like, laid out in some tables yes. in the corner. He was on a <laughs> massage chair, and he had a masseuse there, and his, his bouncer, Dirty Rice, sort of made sure, that was his name, Dirty Rice, made sure that we were... That was his name. Dirty yeah. Rice. Dirty Rice. He <laughs> and, was one, such a sweetheart. You know, you looked at this guy, you'd think that he was really scary, but he was, like, the sweetest, most lovely man. And he was one of the first recipes. We went into the kitchen with him. And he had the simplest of recipes. I mean, and I think it's the first time that we actually came across someone referencing using cold chicken or chilled chicken. Yes, as as we realized all of the New Orleans chefs in a, in mm-hmm. sort of what became a city tradition, we realized that each city has traditions like Nashville's hot chicken. All the chefs chill the chicken in New Orleans before they cook it. Which does make a difference. And you'll actually find that even some of the recipes call for ice cubes in the mm-hmm. brine. Right. And it would make sense. You know, in a city like New Orleans where it's really hot, you might want to keep the chicken cold to prevent it from going bad. And also another thing that in New Orleans that people do is they clap the extraneous flour from the chicken by sort of clapping their hands together. And it's it's sort of, it's sort of a bit of a dark art. I do it now. Quite sure, but Lee does it. I, I do it now. About clapping, Lee's a chicken. clapper. Yeah, I'm a clapper. <laughs> the clapper. A clapper. I clucker. That's cool. I didn't know either of those yes. two things. Yeah, but you know, but Lee says the recipe is it's very simple. Of course, it is right. simple. But a, it contains baking powder, and b, it contains Lowry's season all, oh which is a MSG packed and incredible spice mix. And you know, and you think, oh, you don't want to use MSG. Then again, you think Marcella Hazan is someone who said use bouillon cubes which right. are basically MSG to enhance the flavor of dishes and you know there's uh, just an incredible yeah. variety in every recipe and his, that's what you'll find in the his was so easy and so simple I said how are we ever going to make a cookbook out of you know how many different takes and boy were we wrong well, I mean they went from simple to not so simple I mean every one of them basic and easy to make at home for the home cook but I'll never forget that, you know, Kermit thinking, yeah. oh, my God, we're never going to make a book, of, you know, if every recipe wow. is as simple as this. You guys are so, so knowledgeable. It's 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 amazing. It's like I'm like, wow. Everything you ever wanted to know about fried chicken, but we're afraid is to ask. Right here. So yeah. and I wanted to ask you. So last week I had on Josh Wesson uh-huh. and I asked him to ask you guys a question. Uh-huh. Oh, so that's fun. You, Josh, you know, Josh. I love Josh. So yeah, he loves you, too. And he said he's a big fan of the book. And so his question is, if you were shipwrecked on a desert island and you had your cookbook and you were picking great recipes out of it, if you could only pick one beverage to go with the different dishes, what would it be? 
And he suggested, I mean, between wine or beer or, I guess, anything else. But that is his well, question. Well, first of all, if I was shipwrecked, I hoped that Adina would be with me so she could be cooking. <laughs> well, she comes. She, oh, she does. She's right. the, yeah, you guys are there together. <laughs> okay, okay, I hope so. You, okay. have, you have the book, and you have all the ingredients to okay. make everything okay. in the book. The what would we drink? drink but what would you drink? Well, you know, I with our festival, the South Beach and New York City Food Network uh, Wine and Food Festivals, we've created these chicken events called Chicken Coop, where we pair the chicken with champagne. Uh, and that probably happened because I love champagne. Uh, that, that's probably okay. happened. So that's I'm going to say, and hence the name Coop, because although people think of it as Chicken Coop, like a coop where the chicken would live, the coop really refers to a coupe, a glass of champagne is served in. That kind of fluke glass was called a coop. Uh, actually, I think I'm wrong. I think a coop is a rounded glass. Um, it's but a it, it's a champagne coop. It's a champagne, a champagne. Um, So I would say that I would definitely have champagne, where Adina would probably have, like, tequila. And, of, and of course, <laughs> you know, on Lee Schrager's deserted island, there would be a refrigerator full of chilled champagne. And a butler. <laughs> it would just be there. I would say um, a cold beer or a sweet tea. I was thinking sweet tea, too, yeah. as, as it seemed like something that would go together, especially in the well. southern places you visit. We actually have me. a sweet tea brined um, chicken yes, uh, from Blackberry Farm. Farms. It's delicious. And, you know, it's funny. Um, people, you know, to brine and not to brine is a whole nother chapter that, you know, Adina did, did so brilliantly put together. Um, and I, I, it's so interesting to think how brining can make a difference. Brining is great if you have the time or you want to go through the effort, but as... You know, we've learned, or I certainly learned and didn't know, that if you can't brine, just buy a kosher chicken. They're almost pre-brined. They're salted. I saw that, I saw yeah, that salted. tip in the book, yeah. and I was... It's yeah, really true. So, so I only use kosher chickens um, now because I, I oftentimes decide to cook at the last minute. But that Blackberry Farm sweet tea brined chicken is so delicious. It's almost a little sweet. It's got it's lemon delicious. and yeah. sugar and tea bat and brined tea in the... And, you know... I'm sold. Yeah, it's awesome. It's good. And good good pairings. It's good yeah. to know. I think Josh will be pleased with your answers. Okay, so we're going to take another quick break here, and we're going to come back, and we're going to do my speed round and in- industry news. So this is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. Stay with us. He said, she said he thinks about me every single day. And I want you to stay. She said, he said he wants it all to go away. Excuse me while I Excuse me while I go Excuse me if I act a fool Excuse me if I break the rules Excuse me if I wanna cry Excuse me if I wanna play Excuse me while I make believe Excuse me if I stay I don't wanna be a burden anymore Has I always been the freak Who was looking for the answer In the wrong, wrong places Why the long, long faces Since I found you I've been full of complications My reactions to me crazy i'm reacting to your love i don't know how to accept it pure your love and if you leave me i'll be back as time and see when i've been lacking true your love one look i was hooked just couldn't say no now you never ever want to let me go out on the road away from home bored and alone i roam looking for a place to lay my bone found one now she sprung oh no can't stop blowing up my phone. I can't stop wishing I stayed home. Hi, we're back. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm Sherry Bayer. My guests today are Lee Brian Schrager and Adina Sussman. And it is time for my speed round questions. Are you guys ready? 
We're, We're ready. ready. <laughs> I love it. Okay, I'm just going to name two things such as chocolate or vanilla, and you just pick your choice. Chocolate. <laughs> Adina? Vanilla. <laughs> I'm a chocolate. Okay, here we go. Eat in or eat out? Out. Unless Adina's cooking. In. <laughs> Wine, beer, or cocktail? Depends what I'm eating. Cocktail. Tasting menu or a la carte? A la carte. A la carte. Small plates or large plates? Small unless it's fried chicken. <laughs> I love Super the exceptions. Me. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Tipping or all-inclusive charge? Oh, tipping. Tipping. That's common. common answer here on the show. Communal table or chef's counter? Neither. I like a table. And a tablecloth. Chef's counter. Cool. But Adina's always looking for a dating opportunity. That's what she <laughs> Hey, man. I'm with her. <laughs> Blushing on radio. <laughs> All right. How about thigh, breast, leg, or wing? On what? <laughs> I don't know. You can interpret this however you would like. Adina? Wing. Breast. Interesting. Very cool. Southern inspiration, American originals, or Pacific Rim flavors? American, for sure. Southern. Ghost, sister act, or the color purple? <laughs> oh, wow. Ghost, sister act, or the color purple? You like that one? I, um, ghost, the movie, sister act, the show. I love this. Um, ghost. Yeah, if people don't know what we're, why I put that in there, it's because Whoopi Goldberg did your foreword. She did. She wrote the foreword for us. And she reminds us not to crowd the chicken when frying. And she talks about how her mom used to shake chicken in a paper bag growing up. Neat. Sort of shake and bake and she And she's, is it hosts the chicken she hosts coop? The, okay. we, she hosts our New York City Wine and Food Festival chicken coop event. This year on October 16th at the Boathouse in Central Park. Nice. I'm Did you know that? My That's where it is. Oh, at the Boathouse. It's going to be beautiful. Oh, yeah. Cool. That will be great. Okay. Will Does you... Popeye's deliver to there? I hope so. <laughs> if not, you can pick it up. Okay, great. <laughs> okay, we'll do two more. Cheese plate or dessert? Dessert. Cheese plate. Manhattan, Brooklyn, or Miami? Depends on the time of the year. So obviously, <laughs> summer in the summer in the, depends on the time of year. Suffice it to say, Manhattan. Great, hmm. that was fun. It you was good. Okay, so let's talk about some industry news. Um, I wanted to talk about Chef, the film, which I saw recently, and I absolutely loved it. I I didn't really know what to expect, and I walked away feeling. I had this happy, happy feeling just about it. I thought they, this is uh, John Favreau. 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 He produced the movie. He stars in the movie and it has an all-star cast. And he wrote it. And he wrote it. And he, and it's, yeah, so Lee, you saw, you saw it? I did. John actually did a private screening for me in Miami and invited me to bring 20 friends. And I said, oh, can I bring a hundred? And we did a private screening for a hundred of my friends. Wow. uh, (laughs) About a month ago in Miami. And I, I, you know, what I loved about the movie, I, uh, I had no expectations whatsoever. The music was so fantastic. The music was great. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I'm not a music... I don't buy music. I, don't, I listen to serious Broadway music. I mean, serious 
FM in the car and I listen to the Broadway channel. So clearly I'm not someone who knows a lot about music, except if it's on a Broadway show. And at the end of that movie, I remember saying to myself, this is the best music. I would buy this soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And I asked John at the end of Q&A about the music. And he, you know, painstakingly went to, into detail about how they chose the music. And I thought the music and the scenery made that movie. Not to mention Sophia, you know, Vergara and <laughs> John Leguizano and Dustin Hoffman. Scarlett I mean, Johansson. Scarlett Johansson. What an incredible cast and a young boy. Really amazing. Have you seen the movie, Adina? No. You're going to love it. Well, I yeah. actually have the screener at home. Okay. I think I'll send it to you. Great. If you make some fried chicken. Hmm. I think that's, that's a good deal. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, it was great. I like the I like the father son relationship in it too. I just I just thought it was really well done. I think people in the industry or outside the industry would enjoy it. It's it's great. It's getting a lot of accolades. I had just they had um, screened it in South by Southwest right before, and they were doing Tribeca right after me, and we were right in the middle, and it was so well received. I mean, chefs love it because it, he went to such great detail. To learn mm-hmm. how to, you know, John liked to cook, but really didn't cook before. And, you know, they brought Roy Choi on, you know, right. as many of you know, is a great uh, Koji, food, Koji uh, um, chef from um, uh, Los Angeles. And I'll tell you, you you would think that he, you know, was a culinary, was a classically trained chef mm-hmm. throughout the movie. And I love at the end, they have like a snippet after the movie ends and Roy teaching John in the kitchen how to cook. So well done. And it's fun. I haven't seen it yet, but I mean... For people in the industry, there's sort of a growing small list of great food movies. So it's it's nice to add. An, it, there, it's been a few years since there's been a great restaurant movie. What's your favorite one? Um, there's actually. I, do you remember that movie? Um, that was a remake of a German movie. It started, of course. On, so the original, <laughs> the one, one who owns the restaurant. Yeah. So the then, original German movie was called Mostly Martha, and it was one of the most wonderful, touching, and sweet food movies I ever saw. And the remake was with Catherine Zeta-Jones and Aaron Eckhart. And you know, we screened that at South Beach. I did not. So yeah. I really, I liked the remake, but I loved the original. I loved so it. that one. Also, Eat, Drink, Man, Woman, and obviously mm-hmm. Babette's Feaster, like my two favorites. And what, what about and, the wedding banquet? And, and, and um, the wedding yeah, banquet. I love that movie. Yeah. And Ratatouille. Right? I didn't love that. Ratatouille, very sweet. Also, um, Big Night... Oh, with um, Stanley Tucci. Dinner Rush is yeah. one that a lot of people know about, which is fun, too. Yes. You guys are good. <laughs> well, great. Uh, so another thing I wanted to bring up was about the James Beard Awards, that they just announced yesterday that they mm. are going to be Chicago. doing the awards next year in Chicago. Yes. We had heard about that in advance. Yes. Of course you guys did. I mean, I wouldn't expect less, but I just heard about it yesterday. Yes, and Andrew Friedman just posted on Tokeland. Um, he asked if he thought people would fly to Chicago from New York on their own dime to attend the events. And so, so much of the industry is centered in New York. And and um, I wonder what the response he's they getting. They must have gotten money from somebody to move it to Chicago. I think the city. The city. They, they, well, yeah. Chicago is trying to bill itself, as which it is. They have a great culinary scene. I think it was a very, very, very big move for the James Beard Foundation to move that out of New York City. I would go. I think it would be a great opportunity to take a weekend trip, eat out in Chicago. It's a yeah. great town. I mean, well, it's definitely going to be different. And it's, you know, I think it's going to be fun for or interesting to have the New York food people not be the insiders for once at all the after parties and all the places to but go. Are the Thomas Kellers and Daniel Ballou's going to take, you think they're going to go for that? I do. Good. I, I'd like, I hope so. It's such an important thing that James Beard, and I think supporting yeah. it is so important. It was a very brave move. I don't know that I would have had the guts. Is to it do a that. permanent move no, or just a one-year? I, I, 
I had this opening party last night, and Shelley Minaj was there from James Beard, and we were t- we were talking, and she said it's just right now; it's they're doing it one year, so uh-huh. the and and we'll see. And the the media awards, the media part, mm-hmm. of the journalism are staying in New York; mm-hmm. they're doing that still here. And I think the reasoning was that. Most, so in case Adina the, gets nominated for our book, yes. it would be so much easier for her to go. <laughs> yes. We get nominated. <laughs> Even though you guys certainly would fly up to Chicago for it, I'm sure. But, um, yeah, so they're doing that this year. Um, we'll see how it goes. I mean, I'm I'm happy for Chicago. I'm a little selfishly, you know, bummed, even though I would certainly take the trip. I mean, mm. it's Chicago has so much going on, too, in the food world. Will it be a Monday night? Probably the same. You they said the date yeah. was going to be, I wrote down, May 4th. So if somebody has a calendar well, and looks, May 9th this year. a Monday. It's usually a Monday, so. Yeah. I hope it's, yeah. Uh, I think that's tradition. Unless, but then well, again, New York, New York tradition. was tradition. So they're throwing tradition out the window. I think it's smart, and I think that the Beard Foundation is, you know, trying to shake things up and keep it interesting. I think it's a really right. interesting it's a great thing, move. You know? Well, cool. It might make the event more national in scope as far as the attendees, mm-hmm. which could be interesting. Well, there was something else I heard. That I think they said 65% of the people that go to the awards apparently are from out of town. Right. I, I, am not, I mean, I think that statistic is right. We'll, we'll mm-hmm. see. So, Okay, we're going to take one more short break. We're going to come back. I'm going to do my solo dining experience. So stay with us. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. Stitcher. Listen to us on your iPhone, Android phone, Kindle Fire, and other devices with Stitcher. Stitcher is smart radio for your phone. Find it in your app store or at stitcher.com. Stitcher Smart Radio, the smarter way to listen to radio. Hi, welcome back to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer. It's time for my solo dining experience of the week. Okay, so this week I, I had a ton of events going on, and so I did not have time to dine solo, but I figured it would be perfect for me to do a flashback because this summer of 2013, I would almost call for me a summer of fried chicken. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot going on with fried chicken openings in New York. Yes. And a few places I, I didn't go solo, but there are two that I went to by myself that one is in your book, Sweet Chick. Yep. And I had their chicken and waffles, and I looked, I had their bacon cheddar waffles and then I looked in your book and you have the vegetarian yeah. recipe yes. of it now I don't think at the restaurant they're doing a vegetarian recipe they will do it on okay. request absolutely I mean I didn't even I, but I why mean, would a vegetarian go to a fried chicken restaurant to begin with well a sweet chick they have other things too oh, do they? Right. yeah they're known for that but they, yeah. you know they're 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 accommodating as more and more, I've been yeah. finding more and more chefs I think it, one generation ago, it was my way or the highway with chefs. And now the younger generation of chefs are interested in accommodating special diets. And they view it as a challenge as opposed to an obstacle. So I think that's like a, an interesting trend in general. Right. 
Well, cool. So I had that. That was wonderful. And then the other place I went to was Pies and Thighs, which mm. opened in 2006. And for some reason, I'd never been. And it was a gorgeous day over the summer. And I decided to walk over the Williamsburg Bridge because I had never done that. And to reward myself, I went to Pies and Thighs. And I took there. They have this to-go box you can do with their fried chicken box. And it was a Sunday. So the place was jam-packed. So this was perfect. I took my, my box. I went over to the waterfront. I sort of had this little picnic and it was awesome. They have this this amazing uh, buttermilk biscuit uh-huh. and Delicious. honey butter. Um, so I should have walked back over the bridge to walk it off, but I didn't. But it was great. They so. would not. They were one of the few who demurred to provide us with their recipe. Ooh, and Publix, so, very Publix interesting. Yeah, my, one of my favorite fried chickens in Florida, Publix Supermarket, did not give me their recipe either. We're shopping is a pleasure. Well, well no longer, and I will tell <laughs> you, two Floridians it, it, was the, it was the intimate, intimate insult to get a letter back from the deli county ma- deli counter manager wow. telling me that they weren't sharing their recipe. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah. Well, well, next book, they're yeah. lost. It is They're delicious. Lost. But we do have the Popeye's fried chicken recipe. Did we talk about that? We haven't. Popeye's. I mean, so one of my favorite fried chickens and then also fried chicken recipes, as well as uh, Wiley Dufresne, who actually there's a whole chapter in the book dedicated to kind of the art of Popeye's fried chicken. And Wiley recreated the recipe for us. And I'll tell you, it's as good as Popeye's, if not better. Uh, I'm going to have to get cooking. Yeah. There's a lot, there's a lot in your book. I mean, there's so, all the recipes are amazing. I can't. Thank you. So impressed. So. Okay, so we're going to wrap things up. Now, we do, I do the final question. So for that, I wanted to see if you can ask a question from my guest next week. And it's Jansen Chan. He is, he's formerly the pastry chef at Oceana, but now he is the director of pastry operations at the International Culinary Center. So I wanted to see if you, you guys could ask him a question. Buttermilk or fondant? <laughs> Buttercream? <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking fried chicken. Buttercream or fondant is mine. Um, how has the gluten-free and low-sugar trend impacted the pastry world? And is he making any accommodations for that? Awesome. Good question. Yeah. Both, both, both great questions. Thank I you. I like the idea of buttermilk frosting, though. Mm. <laughs> how about a fried chicken cupcake? We, we saw, remember, there was red velvet fried chicken. Oh God! Who had that? We it was it had a red velvet batter. Yes, I we, remember we, that. I don't know. Did we try it? Yeah, it wasn't. It uh-huh. turned out not to be yes. worthy. <laughs> yeah. but it was all that glitters ain't gold. <laughs> exactly. You, you guys are amazing, and thank I you. thank you so much for coming out here today. It's and, a pleasure. My pleasure. And, um, I've been talking to Lee Brian Schrager and Adina Sussman, and I also want to thank your cookbook publicist, Carrie Bachman, and uh, thank you guys. Thank you. If anyone, their book is on sale. It started on yesterday. sales yesterday it's fried and true and um their website is fried and true um their twitter is at fried underscore and underscore true lee is at lee underscore schrager and adina is at adina sussman i'm at all industry at sherry bayer at bayer pr my website's bayer public relations Whew, a lot of info <laughs> okay so that's it um if you miss this live broadcast you can find us at heritageradionetwork.org we're on stitcher and itunes thanks to my engineer jack and everyone out there listening i hope you enjoyed this episode uh i'll be back next week with another live one so please tune in then wednesday at four o'clock thank right. you thank you sherry so nice to be on thank you bye
Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.